You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today we are going to look back on the Eastern Conference and the moves made in free agency and see where the Pacers stack up in the conference. Did they move up? Did they move down? How did all these other teams that were around them in the standings do? There's a lot of narrative about the East getting a lot better. And I would say maybe is my answer to that question. So I want to talk about where the Pacers might rank in the new look Eastern Conference and joining me on the other line, not a free agent acquisition this summer, Mr. Adam Friedman, former Indy Cornrows writer extraordinaire. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, may have taken a little nap before this podcast, so I'm refreshed and ready to go. <laughs> I, as those who listened to an earlier podcast this week will relate to, finally made it to the state fair today. So I walked around in the heat and sweated my butt off and ate about 7,000 calories in an hour. So I might fall asleep during the podcast. So we'll I, am, I am quite jealous of you. It is hot here, but there's no <laughs> state fair to go to. So it's just been me outside. And it's been it was hot. a great time. I had a, I had a cheeseburger with bacon that had donuts for the buns. Uh, ah, that's classic. That's yeah, that, I'm that. still alive. So it was delicious. But, uh, you know, my body did not like me for eating it. But what uh, what what fried thing did you have? Then we can move on. What, <laughs> well, I think I've done all the deep fried things they uh, have, have at the Indiana State Fair. The new thing I saw that I thought sounded good was they had a bison poutine. That sounded pretty good. Good, but huh. very odd mix of food. I'm a big deep fried cookie dough guy. I love that. Yeah, idea. I've had that one before. That's good. I like the Oreos as well. Yeah. Deep fried Oreos are really popular. This year. See, this is why people tune into our podcast for the banter about state fair food. Man, did I miss the fair last year without the fair was really, really it's, a bummer. It's good for it to be back. It, it is, is good that it's back. Uh, so, yes, we're going to talk about today where the Pacers stack up in the New Look Eastern Conference and you know, we could run through the standings or kind of seed out tiers. And I think that's kind of how we'll end up doing this. But I think we have to start with a kind of a simple baseline question. And that is, Adam, did the Pacers get better this summer? Um, Yeah, I think the answer is probably yes. I mean, I, I don't think probably actually. I think when you think about it, the coaching change alone is the biggest thing. Even though they, I think they actually um, probably downgraded and roster talent slightly is because I think with McDermott's a big, big deal. The coach, I mean, the coach should be like, I don't know, from the 32nd best coach in the league, or honestly, 30, or wait, they're 30 teams. I'm sorry. So 30th best coach <laughs> in the league to like maybe the eighth, seventh would be is an improvement. And honestly, Bjorken might have been worse than Lloyd Pierce, who got fired midway through the year. So uh, yeah. Bjorken is better than Luke Walton. So I don't think he was 30th, but he's close. Well, you know what? But Lloyd, was Lloyd Pierce better than Ted Bjorken? Maybe. 40 maybe. games that he coached, <laughs> whatever it was. So maybe he was right. 30th. Yeah, that's possible. Um, so I share your opinion that they are better, mostly be, for the same reason of the coaching change, because just roster wise, like the, the, the assets they had to use, which is 13 million in spending plus force. If, if you told me before the offseason that they would use 13 million in spending plus four second rounders, Naren Holiday, walking away with TJ McConnell, Tory Craig, Chris Duarte, and Isaiah Jackson is good. But because they lost McDermott because of budgetary constraints, their roster is probably slightly worse unless Craig can really fill a void. But Carlisle, I think I agree with you, can fill that gap. Uh, and if Duarte can can do anything, like if he can contribute at all, they can make up enough between him and Craig to 
be the same level roster wise and have that coaching upgrade. So as we put the Pacers in this discussion, they moved up and that, that makes this a little hard because I think a lot of teams around them did good stuff this summer. I think some teams ahead of them got a lot better. I only think one team really ahead of them got worse. So sliding them in is kind of hard, but we needed to answer that core question first, because if they fall back a lot, I mean, they were barely in the play in last year. So ranking them in the East would just be, can they even reach the heights that they want to get to? Yeah. I think that's kind of a different discussion because when you look at like, you have to add in their improving health, hopefully, obviously they're not healthy. That, that changes the whole dynamic, but um I think like like an overall roster, it got worse, but if they are healthy, things will improve from year to year, which should at least make up for some of the the talent gap there seemingly was last year. And with the signings of teams like, I guess, the Heat, Ron Lowry, Celtics have made a couple moves, although I'm not sure they've like really upgraded that much, but like things like that. Oh, oh we, will, we will talk about the Just being healthy should help the Pacers in, in theory upgrade from last season and be more on those teams' levels. But they could be, you know, health has been a big gift for this team for every year we've done this podcast, basically. Yeah, health is weird because I agree that saying they were not healthy last year is a cop-out. Like, that that's not why they're bad. It's a factor. It always, injuries always are a factor when you struggle. But it, it seems like the lame way to talk about their season last year. That said, you know, they do have injury-prone players, no doubt. Brogdon's going to miss time. Warren's probably going to miss some time. One or both of the bigs will miss some time. Sure, I, I can live with that as an assessment of the Pacers. But they had, like, an inordinate amount of injuries last year. Yeah. Like, they... They, you know, Vic wasn't playing back to back snooze on the team. Then they traded him for a guy who got diagnosed with cancer in the middle of the season, right? That is extremely rare in an NBA setting. TJ Warren missed basically the entire season. Miles Turner missed over a third of the season. He didn't even qualify technically for the, the stats leaderboards. He missed that much time. Brogdon missed his, you know, amount of time you expect. Sabonis missed about the amount of time you'd expect. So that, that stuff isn't unique, but Turner missed a lot more than you'd expect. Warren did as well. Levert slash Oladipo did as well. The bench was just all over the place with guys cycling in and out. Lamb missed a bunch of time again. Like they will, be, even if they have their standard bad health next year, they'll still be more healthy, which I, you can't ever bank on health, but I, I have a feeling that will also be helpful for them. Yeah. I mean, we also have to factor in. So like TJ Warren and Kirsten have never played a game together. Not right, a single one. We don't really think about right that basically what the team did this offseason in some ways was I would call it like a retooling, revamping. I mean, you call it like going young, although the work is basically the same as Aaron Holiday. So I'm not sure it's really like a, a age thing, but they but they like basically were able to kind of slot in. They basically slotted out what McDermott, uh McDermott, Aaron Holiday, and was there who was who would and Keelan well, no, who would have been the other roster spot that they filled when they added Jakar, Jakar right? Slotted those three out for Duarte Jackson and Tory Craig basically. And like yep. that's and that's a little bit of a younger team just mainly because of the two draft picks, which helps. And then you you kind of go the, the full year scope and they've they made a, a drastic change in their starting lineup with Karis Levert. So like they've they've made some moves here to sort of change his roster, right? It is like probably like of the top eleven, there are like four new players in the last year plus a new coach. So that is like changes at least. And it's not like it it even even though like year to year, you might think about it as like well, they need to prove over last year they do anything really different. They've they've made some changes that like I think you might start to feel the effect of finally this year, particularly Karis Levert. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you like I know we said this already when we were talking about their offseason a little bit, but they were forty five and twenty eight two years ago with basically the same team 
with Lavert instead of Oladipo and now Tory Craig instead of McDermott. But that's a 61.6 win percentage, uh, which over a full season, as I think that's 50 wins, right? Yeah, 50 and a half wins, right? So it was a 50 win core like two seasons ago. So uh, did they improve over last year's roster? No, but that team didn't get back to the 50 win level because of all the stuff we talked about having maybe the 30th best coach, a ton of injuries, two of their key starters have never ever played a game together, right? So that kind of stuff in an offseason altogether and getting through the COVID stuff, right? That COVID really sunk them in the, in the playing tournament at the end of the year. All that stuff being behind them, I think before we talk about where the Pacers stand in the East or as we rank the East, I think all that stuff is important in saying, did they get better on the on paper? Maybe not, but all factors considered, probably. Yeah. Um, I think I'm ready, ready to start talking about how they fare in the East. Like, <laughs> okay. really, I think I've, I've got a good... Uh, I think a funny thing to start off, but I, I, I want I, I'm going to save it until you know after we do a break. I like comedy, and the, before we just to wrap up this, their their offseason grade might be incomplete, right? There's still a chance for a lamp trade. They have a trade exception now. Keelan is non guaranteed. So wait, are, are we grading them now? I thought we were grading. No, no, no. Them. We are next week. I'm just saying, like, okay, right, as we talk about if they got better or not, we don't we don't know the full scope of what they did, right? That's what I mean. Like yes. it, it's possible that that in September we have different reactions, but it's likely, you know, we're 10 days and all the key free agency stuff. I think coaching alone should make them just better. I mean, I mean, whether yeah. it's like to like the point where they're like amazing and then that's a question, but like they should go, they should be at least a 500 team probably next year. And that alone is an improvement. Let's talk about the East, but first we got to talk about two awesome groups of people. The first one, a new one here, the great folks over at sweat block, because there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. And I, just walked around the 100-degree state fair outside for like three hours. So let me tell you, I know quite a bit about excessive sweating and sweating through my shirt. It was pretty embarrassing. And, you know, listen, this isn't life and death. It's just sweating. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a huge deal. Your skin is shiny and sticky. It's annoying. Nobody likes to pit out when they're walking around. And I'd rather not worry about it. That's where sweat block anti Perspirant wipes come into play. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up and you go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. It sounds like it's too good to be true, but I promise it's it, it, that's how it is. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirt based on which one will hide the sweat better. I've done that before. Shout out to black shirts. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you got to check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on all one word or get it at Amazon and CVS same deal that is sweatblock.com promo code locked on try it today and we're also talking about the great folks over at rock auto because with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it is as we always say impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts you need you got to deal with the questioning at the counter to find the part you want they never have it in the store they have to order it you have to go back and get it it's a huge pain. Even if they can ship it to you, it takes time that you don't need to take. You can go to rockauto.com and choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% less for the parts than you would in that same store. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their price is always reliable though for everybody and they'll have everything you could need. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you from Lockdown Pacers, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, where do the Pacers stand in the East? What is the East looking like now? So the top of the East is where we should start, but you wanted to make a joke first. So I'll let you do that. Well, I think the Pacers were so bad last year that they're 
this is the first time I looked at the standings from year to year. I've been like, huh, I'm not afraid of that many teams behind them versus like, usually it's like <laughs> they're the four seed they overachieved or, you know, there's like three teams gone. It's like, they were so bad this year that like, actually the it compared to where they were last year to next year, the grass might be kind of greener this, this upcoming season. Yeah. Looking at the East is weird because the teams in really close in front of the Pacers, I don't love their options as much. And the teams kind of right behind them did some good stuff that could be awesome and could gloriously backfire. So the East is really weird to assess. And I think that when I start looking at it and start feeling out where the Pacers could fall and how this could break out, I still kind of land on the same top three that we had last year, uh, not in the same order with uh, the 76ers, the Nets and the Bucks. I think the Nets uh, had a pretty good offseason, right? They lost Jeff Green. That's going to hurt them quite a bit. He was a, he was a nice Swiss Army knife kind of player for them. Uh, and they traded away Shamit. They lost Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie barely played for them. They got James Johnson. They got Patty Mills. They got some nice draft picks. They extended Kevin Durant. Like they're still going to be awesome. And if all they need is a little bit of health, and I still feel like they'll be great. The Bucks. They still have Giannis. They're riding the championship high. Um, they did lose PJ Tucker, so I, I can't put them first in the conference. But uh, they kept Bobby Portis. They got George Hill. Right. They'll be they'll be good to go. And then the Sixers. They were the best regular season team last year. They still have Joel Embiid, who was a near MVP candidate. I don't know what to do with them because of Simmons, right? I don't really know how to rank them or what's going to happen with him heading into the season, but they kept a lot of key guys. They added Georges Niang. They only lost Dwight Howard from their team last year. They added a first-round pick in Jaden Springer, so they should be as good as last year uh, if you know Simmons can play at the same level or have a good attitude. If he can or if he gets moved, I don't know how to rank them, but do you disagree with any of that top three yeah, I, I think there's kind of a separate. I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee are on one level. I think that's so, that's fair. Philly is slightly below that. And that is fair. I, I think part of that is they're probably gonna move Simmons and the way I mean they're gonna if they don't, I just I think it's gonna be a disaster, frankly, because I think you'd some of those 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 playoff post playoff press conferences in game like game seven were like pretty much like and B give up on Simmons and, and so did Doc and in the same way. And that's like just not is not going to go well, frankly. And then it, they're very much then reliant on like Embiid being healthy for the full season because he's their best player. And he's when he plays, he's a top, you know, two, three player in the league. Like he was last year. So then you're like, that's a big variable, right? Because Embiid that we yep. really haven't seen. Like, when last year he played what 60 games, maybe he missed like a good 12 to 15. And if the team is not as, you know, doesn't have the second a second star, then that's they could easily be one of the teams if he misses 40 games and end up in the middle pack versus the top of the East. But yep, they're the third best team of Embiid's healthy for sure. So uh, I've seen another team in this mix, and we'll get to them. Um, but the Sixers, I still have quite high just because I think Joel Embiid is incredible, right? Like the team I'm going to put fourth, a lot of people have put third, and I get why. I think it makes Ooh. a lot of sense. They got a lot better. Are you um, going to do it? I think. Okay. Who? I'm not going to do it. I'm putting them well, who, who, who are you putting fourth? Because I, I well, think there's Hold two on, two Adam. All right, all right, uh, best right. case scenario happens for the Pacers this season. Any chance they get any of these top three teams in the records? No chance, right? I think I think so. The best case scenario, there's a chance Philly B gets hurt, misses sixty games, and they can catch Philly for sure. Okay, but that yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I, okay. The thing I guess I've been saying <laughs> it for years, and the beat has been healthy, so it's it's hard. But I feel like Embiid is one is you know he's of like the league's best players. He's the most fragile, probably right in terms of just like a like like if you were to bet that guy could get hurt, he's probably of like the top two players of when you bet most likely to miss a whole season, right? Maybe, maybe. I'd have to think about that. Anthony Davis is maybe. Yeah, I was, was going to say AD popped in my head just now, but I, I haven't thought about that. But I mean, that's, that, that might not happen. I mean, it might here's, happen. I just... here's why I say that. The Bucks, who won the title last year, were third in the East. They won 63.9% of their games last year. And remember what I said earlier in this pod. The Pacers two years ago with the same core they have right now, but add Karras and subtract 
Depot won 61.6% of their games. Yeah, but right? the Bucks were coasting midseason. They were just trying to. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just the best case Pacers scenario is probably still behind that tier, but it's not. I'm not going to put the Pacers even close to these teams, just so we're clear. Like they were bad last year. They were below 500. I'm not vaulting them up that high. I'm just in their absolute best case scenario. Uh, they, they could sniff what those teams were last year, but they all kind of are better or the same. And, the, you know, the Sixers won 68% of the games. Like, that's a huge gap to make up, especially because those wins are the hardest ones to get. Like, to go from winning 61% of the games to winning 70, you have to beat the harder teams that are not beating you, right? So I don't think the Pacers have a shot of getting into the top four. I just, looking at the winning percentages, I thought that was an interesting thing. But yeah, four, look, we you know who it's going to be. It's the Heat, right? They extend Ooh, you. Okay. All right. Oh, you do not think it was. The no, no, I think it is. I just thought there's nothing you could have put there. Maybe I, a lot of people have been putting the heat in the top three and I totally understand why. Jimmy, oh, interesting. I'm not sure they're there, but Jimmy's still awesome. Uh, right. Maybe a top 10 player in the league. They kept Duncan Robinson. Then they bring in PJ Tucker. They bring in Marquise Morris. So they get some like heat, tough guys. They keep doing Deadman, Gabe, Vincent, Max Struess and Oladipo. And I haven't even said the big one. They got Kyle F and Lowry, right? Like he's an all-star point guard. For a team that had Dragic limping around last year and Kendrick Nunn, who can only play on one end of the floor, right? So they lost a reason by Elitza, whatever. Like they had an amazing offseason. I think that team fits really well together. They could be tough as nails on defense. They definitely will have some offensive limitations and they're relying a lot on Duncan Robinson to shoot. But I think that team could be nasty good. Yeah. So to me, that there, so we have the top two tier, then there's like the six on their own. And I, I think this next tier is probably the Heat and then the Hawks. And wow. I, I mean, so like Atlanta is a real question mark because of like, do you think their playoff is a fluke or is it sort of the beginning, right? Did they finally like come out of their shell with a young team? Does Trey Young come in and have a really, really, really good season, like establishing himself as an all NBA type player, which he hasn't done in a regular season yet? Um, and does, you know, that team sort of hop up because the Heat to me are definitely on paper better, but it comes down to like Old Depot's health may not be there. Lowry's a little bit older. Like there's a little more variables where the Hawks are young and should be getting better. And they are coming back with their main core and they had this great playoff run. I mean, arguably right outside of the bucks, they were the, probably the team that had like the best playoff, well, the Sixers probably too. Um, the best playoffs of any teams uh, last year. Um, Sixers had a terrible playoffs. Who did? The Sixers had a terrible playoffs. Did I'm, you mean I'm, a different I'm team? sorry. The Suns. The Suns. Oh, I was like the, the Sixers. <laughs> I meant the Suns. I'm sorry. I meant the Suns. Yes, I mean, like, I think the case, like, like Atlanta making the conference finals was like a huge win, right? Insane. And, yeah, huge. Right. Win. I mean, it, it it was like the like the Clippers. I think you, the Kawhi thing made them a great kind of run, but they were supposed to be in the conference finals. The Hawks were not. It was probably even out of the first round, frankly, going heading into the season. So it just I I don't know if Atlanta's going to make that leap. I don't know if there's some playoff momentum pushing propelling them into the season but like i i could see them being on that tier if trey young is kind of ready to become the like player we maybe thought he could be didn't know if it could be and now he was in the playoffs yeah i don't think they should have beat philly like ben simmons being that was so weird um but and, and Embiid was hurt but you know it doesn't matter they but, did it they were awesome in the playoffs last year but they're, kind of like your, your baby steps progression thing they, they yes, in that right they're doing it they are doing it in fact, I'm actually applauding the Hawks a little bit for not going all in right now. Their only offseason acquisition, well, they had to. Their only free agent acquisition was Gorgie Jang, who's going to be awesome for them as a backup center. Yeah, they took it healthier, right? Doesn't um, Okong was hurt. Yeah. Well, no, who, who did they miss the playoffs here? Was it, uh, oh crap, am I blanking on the DeAndre the Hunter? Name? Yeah, DeAndre Hunter, right? So they, yep. they'll be, they were already like, they're already, you know, eight deep in the playoffs. It's a good chance if Trey Young doesn't step on the ref's ankle, they're going to seven with the Bucks, <laughs> probably. 
Um, possible. They so traded. Just, uh, they trade Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando for Dalon Wright. That's fine. Up, two players upgrade you. play anyways, right? So. They got Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. I mean, Sharif means they're a title contender. That's a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I agree with you that they'd probably be my five. But I, yeah, they they probably should be in a, in a tier with the yeah, Heat. I get- the Heat have a lot of volatility, like on the injury front. They're a little on the older side, but I think I, I'd comfortably have the Heat above the Hawks. But I so maybe it's three separate tiers in the same tier that I'm okay with it. There's a three, maybe there's like a three tier of the Sixers, a four tier of the Heat, and a five tier of the Hawks, like okay. three individual tiers. So let's let's just pretend for the sake of this exercise that we're putting the Hawks and Heat in the same tier. Can the Pacers in their best possible season get to those teams? I think actually in their best season they probably can. Okay, that that's. That's close. I think they can get right behind them, but not up to them. And I have another team in the next tier right behind those two teams that we'll get to in the next segment. But I think that the five teams we just said, I'm actually glad you said the Hawks because I was going to waffle on them. But those are the five teams that I think even in the Pacers best possible season, they can't quite get to the level of now. Again, those teams have some volatility and they might have some offensive creation issues with Miami and they might have some defensive issues in Atlanta. Right. So like, you wouldn't pick the Pacers to beat those teams in the playoffs, but it's not impossible. Whereas yeah. if they played any of the top three, they're, they're not going to win that series, right? So getting that matchup is important if they could do it, but I would say the Pacers are are probably comfortably behind all five of the teams we've had so far. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're starting five is really worse than all those five teams starting. Definitely, five. definitely. Um, so that that's definitely true. And then, just, again, we're talking about the Pacers' ceiling. Like, where I actually expect them to land is not close to this team. So that is another... I, to me, I, I don't know why. I'm just not like a big buyer of the heat after last season um i think you know they had that bubble year which i think maybe it's just like kind of a circumstance year and so i kind of I wait and see i mean they you know larry's older so who knows if he's going to go keep it up or whatnot he might be able to frankly but um i just I'll kind of wait and see with the heat and that's why i feel like like last year the patients were on the heat level for in Atlanta for most of the regular season um and i don't think and i guess both are probably gonna be better but it should be a lot better too but you know, I think at what the halfway point, Pacers were the four seed in the East, and so that that means they were just below those three teams we talked about at the beginning of the. There's segment. a chance the Heat have three All Stars and Duncan Robinson and Vic and a solid rotation of players. I think that is very appealing to me. Understood yeah. again that there's also a chance that like two of those guys end up hurt don't miss sixty games and they <laughs> yeah and PJ Tucker. That's another one I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I understand the volatility there, but the all right, we should be good. The Heat should be good, but I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I guess. Outside of the, and that's the big ass, but like if you eliminate the bubble year, Jimmy Butler really hasn't carried a team to like extraordinary heights, right? In a regular Getting season. Getting the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs with that team. That's is true. Extraordinary. That's true. He did. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's fair and stuff, I guess. I just like, right? Like, I, I think, think that we're a Kawhi Leonard bounce from looking at Jimmy Butler's career so much differently. So much differently. You don't think they would have lost the next round to the Bucks or, yeah, that year? I don't know. I, I they didn't get to play. Now, I don't know. Now now you're driving me down a weird scenario that I can't have a brain start to like process. <laughs> I agree it. with Chicago. He uh he didn't do very Yeah, well. I, I just don't think we've seen any other. I mean, outside of the three rounds of the bubble, really carry a team, but that's bubble is it is it was basketball. They didn't play games, so that's not like well, he's been an just, amazing regular season player as well. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I think you know we he got an extension, maybe he'll be energized. Who knows? Let's get to the next tier behind these top five. Look at where the Pacers can get to. But first, one more break to talk about the great folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is rocking and rolling. You can track all the action over at BetOnline. Plus, get the latest nudes and odds and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, uh, NBA Summer League, NHL, when it's rolling out right now. UFC and MMA action are all on there. 
They currently have uh, future odds for the WNBA championship. The Fever have the worst odds, but they have the second longest winning streak in the W right now. So maybe they're sleeping on the Fever. Before the always next pitch, the optimist. Before, <laughs> always the optimist. Before the next game tips, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out everything they've got. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in the MLB. If you sign up today on your mobile device or your laptop and use the promo code locked on all one word l-o-c-k-e-t-o-n when you do so you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag promo code locked on your online sportsbook experts people are gonna not like this one as much but i have the knicks next all alone all alone as six Ooh. in their own tier as six i think teams can get up to them but uh, the, the, their offseason is quite interesting. They lost Reggie Bullock, who's underratedly important for them, right? Shooting is important for a team that plays the way the Knicks do. I get that Reggie Bullock's not like this just drastic loss or anything, but he's a good player. And they lost him for nothing. They kept everyone else. They got Evan Fournier and they got Kemba. And if Kemba is good or is even close to the guy he used to be, even in his first year with Boston, they're going to be better, probably. There's a ton of injury risk there. There's a ton of risk that Randall can't maintain his level from last year. They have a lot. They resigned a lot of guys getting older. I think the Knicks will be about as good as last year. I just think some other teams right around them got better enough to pass them. Yeah. I mean, I think the Knicks are probably the sixth best team in the East, but I think this next tier is like, it's just like wide open from about wow. like six to, I mean, honestly, like 10. I mean, I yeah, think there's right, every other team below six in the East last year was 500 or worse. And I don't know if any of them, jumped up so much that I would be like, oh, they're going to be way over 500. Whereas the Knicks were way over 500. And I think if, if Kemba's even okay, they'll be better, right? So yeah, I'm they very- find out pretty hard in the playoffs. And I don't know how much we're into the regular season because then they have a really easy schedule at the end of the year. Remember, right? They're like uh, I don't teams. I don't know. Well, they did well enough against the hard teams that they got to four, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like... I, they're, they're- like the last year was such a weird year because the way like the obviously with the condensed schedule, but there was something where they like ended up drawing a really like nice stretch of games. Like they won like I think they won like I'm looking it up now. I think they ended up winning like what eight in a row in, in April, and they weren't playing very good teams. Then they were playing injured teams, but they're playing the injured Lakers. They beat like Memphis, Toronto, L.A., New Orleans, Dallas. I mean, I guess there was some good ones. Really, they, they just they had a very nice second half schedule, and they came on right at the time of their easy schedule. Where the Pacers, I think, had the opposite, where they were like good when they played their tougher schedule to start the year. And then when they had it easier, they got kind of worse because of injuries. Yeah, I suppose. And I, th- I guess the Pacers can be as good as the Knicks, but I would have the Knicks in their own tier. And then I'd start getting to the Pacers theoretical range, but I understand having more teams in this grouping than just New York. Yeah. I, I have the Knicks will be good. And I think they're, they did the right thing by not like pushing too much yes. all in. What is going on? The Knicks, two good off seasons in a row. What is yeah, happening? Yeah, they'll, they'll eventually blow it up. We will we They'll figure it out. They actually might. They actually might have some stability in New York. Yeah, but the, they get against it. They'll, they'll be a trade. They'll make some stupid trade. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so now is where I struggle. Okay, so last yeah. year we're at seven. Last year seven through eleven was Boston, Washington, Indiana, Charlotte, Chicago. Boston is weird because they have Jason Tatum, who's probably going to cement himself as a top ten player next year. I think getting Al Horford is going to be helpful for them. Josh Richardson, they got for free. That sounds great. They got Dennis Schroeder for like nothing, right? In theory, that's yeah, man most- finally got a contract. That's a lost Evan Fournier for nothing. They lost Kemba, who was supposed to be awesome for them. So their point guard rotation is looking weak. They lost Tristan Thompson, right? 
So I think they got rid of Tristan Thompson. They chose to get rid of him. They didn't lose him. <laughs> Touche. Adam, remember the, the Celtics fans are telling us they'd rather have Tristan Thompson on the MLE than uh, than Miles Turner. I remember. And Doug McDermott, but frankly, they probably weren't going to pay McDermott anyway, so maybe that's why. They oh, oh I remember the takes about uh, Tristan Thompson being the right answer for the Celtics. You know, I, I remember. Celtics uh, missed out, really, frankly. So I would say that the Celtics did a good job this offseason setting themselves up to be players in future free agencies and big trades in the future, right? One-year deal for Schroeder, one-year deal for Cantor. Josh Richardson's expiring. Chris Dunn's expiring. Fernando's expiring. They sent out some big deals. They didn't pay too much for Fournier. That's all smart and good. But this year, I'm not sure they'll be a lot better than last year. So I think they'll probably finish about the same. That said, again, Tatum could just be awesome. And that's why I'm going to keep them at the top of this tier. But this is the Pacers tier for me. They were close to these teams last year and like we said they should be better and that's why i wanted to start with the pacers baseline is they're only two games under 500 last year the celtics were 500 all the rest of these teams the wizards the hornets and bulls we can get into but this is about where i think the pacers these are the teams that all season long you need to be watching to see are they playing well or bad and can the pacers stay ahead of them because they're going to be the challenges to getting into the playoffs into the plan stuff like that yeah i i think to me when you go knicks celtics Bulls, Pacers, Hornets, that's would be five, six to nine. Um, each one of those teams, you can make a case to be the six seed and also to be, be, be the nine seed. And I think in a pretty like convincing yeah. way to me, right? Because they each have a little bit different, right? Like with the Knicks, it's like, can they just repeat the same kind of like team level play? Or like, do they fall off just because they had a really good year? They just aren't as talented. Kemba doesn't stay healthy, whatever, right? Celtics, are they going to be too reliant on Tatum where he's really good, but the team just not there with him? That's very possible. I think the Hornets is where do they improve? Where does Hayward health fall with the Bulls? It's they got better. They have this team at least the starting five. That should be like a playoff starting five, but they haven't really shown anything in the past couple of years. Uh, you know, they made like a semi run last year for a little bit, but then fell off. So like, well, they get anything out of that. And the Pacers, I mean, same thing. Can they stay healthy? How do this new starting five with cares now? They were Warren gel. Like to me that we're, we're in that tier. where like, the only team I think that was in the playoffs and in the play in last year, the Wizards are probably not in that tier because I got rid of Westbrook and I don't think got better, but everybody else is kind of up in the air. Yeah, the Wizards, first of all, I mean, I keep up with the Wizards more than most teams, but yes, I know they took they took John Wall and two years later, without having to give up picks, they took John Wall's contract and they have Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, KCP to show for it. That's and Aaron Holiday and Isaiah Todd because they traded the pick they yeah, got from no, us. It, it, it was a nice move. That's uh, actually pretty good stepping stone moves, like to free yourself from some just god awful money. That said, you're right. They traded Russ for worse players. Like they're well, they made a move to be better probably in two seasons, right? They yes, kind of, absolutely. And, and frankly, it seems like Bradley Beal just wants to sign the biggest contract in the NBA every single offseason, <laughs> and he wants to be in Washington. And Beal will end his career with Washington after 15 seasons, making the most money of anybody over 15 years, and good for him. I think the Wizards will be close to as good as they were last year. You know, I don't think they got so much worse. Like Russ was pretty damn bad until that end of season stretch where he was just like unbelievable, which is so wild to think about, but Beal's still amazing. He's all NBA level, right? So they should still be a contender for that. The playoff tier here. I think they'll be better, like good. Uh, I almost said better, but that's not what I meant to say. I think it'll be good, but a little worse than last year. Chicago, who you brought up earlier is so interesting to me like this yeah, for sure. This is what this is my most interesting team of the season in the East. Probably I have to think about the whole league. Like and they, got they, a lot start, better. they got so many floor raisers on this team, like this offseason. Like Lonzo, big floor raiser. Demar's a big floor raiser. Caruso is as well. 
Like that's all very interesting. They didn't lose anyone super important, right? They're better. They're definitely better. How much does a floor raising team with guys with obvious flaws, how good can that be? Right. And, and they are really, they gave up a first for DeRozan and two for Vucevic. They are hoping this team is it. And I think the bulls are so interesting. Like if this Levine, Lonzo, DeRozan stuff clicks, they could be really, really hard to stop. They also will be incredibly easy to score on. So the Bulls are really interesting to me, and I'm curious where you have them in relation to the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, I think they're actually on the tier of the Pacers. I think, I agree. Uh, oddly enough, if you look at their two teams, I think the lineups are more evenly matched than I think a Pacer fan would want to admit, frankly. Um, I think the question with Levine is he had a pretty good Olympics. So does that turn into anything? It might not, frankly, but he did look pretty good in the Olympics this last year. Um, but they're starting five now, if I have it correctly. Lonzo, DeRozan, uh, Levine, Vucevic, and who is their fifth? Who might Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. Okay, so maybe it's slightly below, but those four players are four really good NBA players. Really right good. There. Really like, good. Those are four. Those are four guys who who are like legitimate NBA players who are legitimate would start for a lot of other teams in the league and like you know have have you know experience at least like winning games like who's which has been with the playoffs all the time with the magic obviously DeRozan's been in the playoffs a lot of different times some with the Spurs and a little bit with the Raptors Levine is the only one who really hasn't uh and then I guess Lonzo hasn't been in the playoffs but Lonzo I'm just we think he's been in a terrible situation the past two seasons for or maybe maybe his whole career frankly so he'll finally have a chance to to break out of that um but yeah that that's a good team I just it feel like it should be below the Pacers and it might be but it could click I don't know I think I think I'd I'd probably take them above barely Barely. They are so, so, yeah, take above. I think Mm -hmm. I'd, if you made me rank within this tier that we're talking about, I'd have Celtics seven, Bulls eight, Pacers nine. I think, I think. Um, But it's hard with the Bulls because they could be glorious, but they have like very, they, for all these scores they have, they're, they're creators for others on this team. They're kind of relying a lot on Levine to do that. And I think he can. Like Lonzo's a good connector passer, and, and that makes him a good creator, I guess. So, Maybe they'll have enough there. Show, their self-creation is going to be off the charts. I just, I'm so interested in what the Bulls look like next year and how a team constructed the way they have works. And they're going to give up a million points per hundred possessions, right? So how do the Bulls look is going to be interesting. That's where I, this is where I have the Pacers, like just, just average Pacers season, Celtics, Bulls, Pacers tier. That's a tier for me. I, I struggle with the Hornets. I want to put them here, but I can't quite do it. Yeah, I don't uh, know. You know, I think they lost Devontae Graham and Cody Zeller, who were both helpful for them last year. And I think they also set themselves up very well, very well for a great future. They got Book Knight. They got Kai Jones, right? They got some good draft stuff in general. El- Kelly Oubre should help them on the wing. Mason Plumley is a good is a good interior guy, but they didn't get that much better this coming year. I mean, Hayward Health could just make them a better team, right? Yeah. And, to me, Lonzo, uh, not Lonzo, well, LaMelo is probably due for a sophomore slump. I mean, that just tends to happen in the NBA. Ooh, ooh. No, I mean, that just tends to be, I mean, look, even like Jason Tatum, right? Tatum had a really good rookie year and they had like kind of a slump sophomore year. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a thing that happens. It's not that, and so to me, they set themselves up to next year to sort of like probably play LaMelo a bunch, experiment, he'll have struggles to have successes, and then he'll, you know, and when he's hitting year three, that's when you probably make you kind of like a little bit run towards like a top eight. Um, frankly, I'm, so. I'm setting myself up to be wrong about them. So obviously, because their floor is really similar to last year, but like if just one of Miles Bridges, LaMelo or PJ Washington, like takes that big 
step forward that guys on rookie contracts do like that. They'll be good. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so I me saying they're, they didn't get that much better in free agency might not matter. Like in the future, I think they're set up extremely well, extremely well, but did if they'll be better next year than they were last year, I don't quite know that if Hayward's healthy all season, probably for sure. But you, you know how his injury history is at this point. So TBD on the Hornets, I have them as team 10 right now. And I think we both have the wizards 11 because they got worse. Yeah. I think, I think the Pacers too, just to like, um, if you look at like where they can improve the most, remember how crap their home record was last year? So bad, so bad. Right. So like, I'm, I'm looking at the same, I'm just like kind of looking at that. And like, you would think next year they would at least go 500 home. And if they, I mean, I was not hold a record, but like that could be they the, had the second worst home record in the East last year. That's crazy. Yeah. Behind the magic. They had the most road wins in the East. Yeah. So that, I mean, I, to me, the, the last, maybe I just, this adds in a lot of this make a lot of sense. And maybe it's like, we don't really know what this team's like. Like, like, is there a world where if they had hired, if they kept McMillan, they are in the in that Knicks Hawks tier last season, right? Because the you know the East was the force in the East was literally there for taking almost the entire season until about like April tenth, and then those those two teams kind of separated themselves. I guess kind of the Heat as well. Um, so like, I mean, and then that's a whole different conversation we're having, right? Is you know they they were the four five or six so now like they could be couldn't make the leap and you know took a step back but maybe the step back was just coaching and maybe so bad at home because their coach was such a pain in the ass at home can any of toronto cleveland orlando detroit get into any conversation that we've had so far uh well what do we think of Cade cunningham uh i think he'll be he will be good in the <laughs> in the future i don't think yeah i don't think he's good enough to carry a team like that right i mean the Cavs. Maybe. So the Raptors still have Pascal and OG, and uh, so they'll be they'll be good. Yeah, I don't know if it's enough though. They got worse though. They lost Larry. Right? They're just they're yeah. just worse. I, I mean, it, they were. Are they playing in Toronto next year too? Is the border the border open yet? Yeah, they're back home. They're back. Okay. All right. The good. Blue Jays Please. are playing in Toronto. I guess is the only reason I'm saying that. So I, they could not, but I'm imagining. No, I think you're. I, I was. They're not. So the Raptors could be better than they, than they were last year. Does that mean they can get into this this East playoff tier? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Cavs, I like their core right now. Not there yet. They're not there yet. And the Magic and Pistons are just they're the, you know they're looking for good picks in the future. So I think I think where I would have the Pacers is the same about the same tier as last year, from seven to about eleven, and I would rank them you know in that nine eight range with Chicago. Okay, I mean I think I have them in the six to to what nine tier. I said ten tier. Yep. Um, New York a little lower than me. Yeah, I mean I just. Kind of want to see where I want to see it again because they they like believe with the Hawks they had a playoff success the Knicks just kind of flamed out real fast and I just concerned we'll see they kind of reminded me a lot of kind of the Pacer teams a couple years ago in the sense that they just kind of way overachieved whatever I thought and like it was always thought because it's actually sustainable the Pacers were sustainable to be honest so um, maybe it is and they they have a good coach Tips is just a good Ravens coach in some way let us let us not forget listener that Adam and I both had the Celtics as a top four team last year yikes. Adam and I both had the Hawks as an eight seed or worst last year. Yikes. Yikes. Adam and I both had the Knicks 14th in the East heading into last Yikes. year. Yikes. Yikes. So did we do anything right last year? Did we do anything accurate? <laughs> uh, no. No, we didn't. Did, who did, I had the Lakers, the champion, or the Nuggets, right? Didn't I? I had the Bucks in the conference finals, and that is the only Eastern conference finalist that either of us got right. And in oh, the West, me. I had the Clippers, and that is the only conference finalist. Wait, hold on. Name, name, who are my four finalists? Your four conference finalists were Sixers Nets, which is a reasonable prediction last year, and Lakers yeah. Nuggets, also a reasonable prediction last year. Yeah, I mean, I got screwed by health, like Jamal Murray. That's I had the Lakers as well, and I had the Sixers as well. Yeah, and then I mean, I'm a 
I'm a Ben Simmons meltdown and a Timberland foot away pick <laughs> right, right? So yeah, I was on, I was in on the Sixers with you there. But all that was to say, like this, like this stuff just changes. Like the like teams aren't built in the offseason. There's a season that has to happen. This is just the sense we both get from. No, and something surprising will happen, right? There'll be somebody who we in that top nine who like just maybe isn't good, like something you know whatever right. injury happens. Like I said, I mean that's why I mean. If I had to pick one of the teams, the Sixers might be the biggest candidate to just have a huge step back if Embiid gets hurt early and Simmons is still a mess and then they just don't like ever figure it out. I agree. I think we have nailed out where the Pacers' range of outcomes is. I don't think they can fall below 11 reasonably. That said, being 11 would be a disastrous season. So we'll see what happens this year. I'm looking forward to it. I'm enjoying watching Pacers Summer League and now I'm hyped for the actual season. You got anything else today, Adam? No, I think it was actually a good show. It kind of puts where the pace, like, you know, I, I I was trying to figure out where they would fit in the East, and I'll probably change my mind about 10 more times between now and the season, but at least <laughs> it's a little bit of put some of my thoughts out, out there and at least puts, makes me keep one, like, you know, leave it out there for somebody to judge at least later on, like you next year. Really nine days into free agency, like, stuff can still happen too. But this is just, as of now, where would I have the Pacers in the East? Now we've got to figure it out. You can follow this podcast on Twitter. We're back, by the way, at... Locked on Pacers. Oh, yeah. Me at T East NBA. Adam at Freedom Adam Five. Thank you guys so much for listening. Adam will be back flying solo for Freedom Fridays tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you then.